Hello and welcome to the Cognitive Engineering Podcast produced by me, Fraser McGrewer, for Aleph Insights. In this series of podcasts, we take a look at interesting topics and discuss what we think they tell us about analysis and decision making. I'm here with Peter Coghill, Nick Hare and Sarah Nonu of Aleph Insights. And this week, we're discussing how to make tea. Um, and unusually because of the lockdown, we're partly recording this remotely with Sarah um, dialing in remotely. Nick, why are we talking about this? Yes, well, um, a few weeks ago, mm. uh, a lovely American lady by the name of Michelle mm. shared a video on the on the Chinese intelligence gathering application TikTok, um, <laughs> which purportedly showed us uh, how to make British tea. Yeah. Would you like to know how to make British tea? Yeah, I mean, this sounds great. Go for it, yeah. Okay, so first of all, you put water in a cup oh. out of the tap. Right, okay. You put the cup in the microwave for one minute. What? Yeah. Then you add milk. And and looking from the video, it looks like lots of milk. I'd say about one third of the cup is milk. Right? <laughs> sounds a bit bland. It sounds like it needs sweetening up a little bit. Yeah. So then you add sugar. What looked to me like, a, I would say, about three or four <laughs> teaspoons of sugar. And then finally, you pop in a little thing called the tea bag ah. and give it a bit of a stir. Hey, presto, British tea. Now, I, I, I thought... Well, part of me still thinks that this was a fantastic troll uh, on her yeah. part. To well, I'm to sure the mild-mannered of... British public took this in their stride. Yeah, exactly. Um, and uh, and we weren't outraged at all. No, in fact, we almost went to war with the United States as a result. <laughs> Apparently, this was the most outrageous thing people had ever seen. And and it struck me as something I can't believe we've never really talked about on the podcast. Yeah. Is is tea? How do you make tea? What does it mean? Yeah. Okay. So I think that's the, as you. I think it's interesting. Yeah. The two parts to it. Um, how do you make it? What does it mean? As uh, when how you make it. So let's talk. Let's talk off. First of all, um, do we all like tea? Do we all? Yeah, we all. Yeah. I know we yeah. three do. So, so do you like tea? Um, I'm happy to drink tea. Hmm. Okay. All right. If that so makes that sense. That sounds a bit non-committal to it's, me. It's, yeah. It is a little bit non-committal. I mean, I just prefer my coffee black. Um, right. But you know, there are the occasions that I do like a cup of tea when I can have a biscuit with it. But I don't yeah. often you have prefer biscuits your tea in the house. Coffee flavored. Yeah, I do yeah. actually prefer my tea coffee flavored. Let's just say that. Well, look, I mean, I'm pretty obsessive about tea. I probably drink about ten cups a day, and it needs to be made just perfectly. So, look, should I kick off how I make my cup of tea? Go for it. So, first of all, I, I generally only make one cup, and don't bother with these um, um, teapots, anything like that. I find that it just gets a little bit too um, difficult to control um so I <laughs> too many variables yeah yeah no it's uh, yeah but um so chuck one sort of normal tea bag none of this posh stuff cheap tea bag um so bag of tea first of all none of this i know what a tea bag is <laughs> i think we can assume that our our listeners will have heard of a tea bag and um i put my sh- i have one sugar with mine so i put that in right at the beginning and i just like i like have, have the bag and the sugar sitting there together while i boil, boil the water get the boil the water chuck it in i cover it Okay, must be covered. I now have like a, a special, like it also a used tea bag. Mm, I must say, this is getting a bit weird. Yeah, so I cover it up and just leave it. Walk away at least two minutes. Okay, come back. I like my tea quite strong. Fish it out. I don't, none of this stirring nonsense, none of this squeezing into the side. No, it's fine as it is. Take it out. A little bit of semi skim milk in. Bish bosh, bobs your uncle off. We go drink the lovely cup. So of when tea. you say cover it, do you mean you put a lid on it? Yeah. Okay. Because otherwise it'll get cold. Okay, and, and your two minutes of letting it sit there. Yeah, I would say minimum ninety seconds. It can probably take up to about three to four minutes. Yeah, that's what I do. Okay. Um, Peter. A very simple tea bag 
hot uh, boiled water. It's got to be boiled. I'd give the tea bag a bit of a smash around. See, that's where you're going Take wrong. it out. Milk. Drink. Okay. I don't know this covering up nonsense. No, it's yeah. really important. But it, but that, that's that's like the everyday. That's the first cup of tea in the morning when I just need a cup of tea. Yeah. I would prefer, and if I'm doing tea properly, and I've got guests, I'll do it in a, I'll use nicer tea bags. Still bags. <laughs> if you don't know what a tea bag is, it's a bag of tea. Yeah. Um, <laughs> in a pot. And I find tea, tea, teapot tea better than cup tea. Mm, okay. I have some data about that yeah. which we'll move on to in due yeah. course how do you make your tea anything wildly different from what peter Ayers had said no anything? not really although i think i take a similar approach to i how i do with my bread right. when i'm making bread in that there's basically two ways yeah, one is the one is the you just let let it get on with it and yeah. you can just put the ingredients into you know your dough mm. and leave it for 12 hours and more or less just bake it and it'll be fine mm. or you can be active and knead it and mm. get, you know do all that stuff and then you can get it done much faster sounds a bit needy oh god that's <laughs> bad uh but same with tea i so if i want to get the tea done then i do the squishing method otherwise i do the steeping method leave it for maybe two or three minutes okay but essentially it's the same yeah um, Sarah, anything wildly different? Um, I think I do a bit Any of both. Not, not putting a lid on it, but I definitely let it seep, and then I do the squish around, and then I'll just chuck okay. in a little bit of milk at the top. But that, that's about it. Okay. So where are we going off this fascinating segment? Well, I've Fraser. got, I've got some data. <laughs> right, go on then. Do you want to hear it? Yeah. Well, I'm not sure actually whether it would make sense to present the data before it, I presented some of the kind of what people say about how you should make tea. Because the way that we all do it mm. is is the way that people make tea. It's fairly right? normal, right? It is entirely yeah. normal. However, if you ask people, you know, and if you look at the literature on tea, you'll find that it's apparently, uh, you know, riven with class distinctions. Yeah. That there are millions of different methods. That there are really a lot of people have really precise views about exactly what you should do. Mm. Um, and uh, so, you know, G- George Orwell wrote about the, uh, you know, this whole issue of milk in first. Mm. Massive issue, this. You know, mm. do you put the milk in before the tea bag and the hot water or the other way around? Milk in first, of course. So he, he said the milk first school can bring forward some fairly strong arguments, but I maintain that my own is unanswerable. That is, by putting the tea in first and then stirring as you pour, you can regulate the amount of milk. That's, my, that's why I do it. I mean, it seems insane to put the milk in first because you might end up with the wrong amount of milk. Exactly. Um, Evelyn War, however, I mean, he, he was firmly on the... Uh, uh, he, uh, sorry, he was, on the, he was also of the milk in last, but for him it was much of a class thing. He said, all nannies and many governesses, when pouring out tea, put the milk in first. Um, it is said by tea fanciers to produce a richer mixture. Sharp children notice that this is not normally done in the drawing room. To some, this revelation becomes symbolic. And... Uh, people at the time you know upper middle class people at the time used to use the phrase use the uh, acronym MIF milk in first mm. meaning someone of low social status who oh. would put their milk in first this whole thing about you know which order you put milk in uh, what kind of tea you drink whether you have lemon whether you have sugar whether you have milk um, whether you obviously whether you use a pot or not uh if you look at the literature on tea, you'd think that this was a big, that Britain was a nation who drank tea in 150 different ways. And every single way you have of drinking tea is going to say something damning about you. Well, I've done a survey on Facebook and I can tell you that this isn't the case. Uh, yo, I'm here to tell you it's not true. Yeah. Okay. So, you know, we are Facebook mates and I saw 
but only Facebook mates, of course. Um, <laughs> and I, I did see you sort of putting stuff out there, and on purpose I stayed away from it because I was intrigued to see yeah. what the results would be. Go for it, tell us. Well, I asked people in a survey of uh, nearly 30 people. I didn't select them. They were self-selecting. Um, I asked them how they make tea, then how they think they ought to make tea, and why there was a difference. And um, more or less everyone says the same. The way that they make tea is in a cup, mm. bag, hot water, milk. Mm. Very few people take sugar, or at least admit to on Facebook. Mm. Um, how people think that you ought to make tea, the people who answer that question, in a pot with leaves. Yeah, yeah. That's so, and the, and the main reason people didn't was time. Mm. So, so I think we're a nation who've convinced ourselves that there's loads of different ways of making tea, and it's uh, hugely important to get it right. But actually, we all do the same. I wonder if this is if there's a correlation, like decline of uh, British society, decline of the British Empire, and the decline and of the British Empire. With there used to be there used to be a variety of ways to make our cups of tea, and that has all just gone down to more or less one way, and there was that bothered as long as it was quite quick. No. Yeah. Well. That's what well, I don't understand. Like the, the amount of people, the amount that people write about tea and how important it is to the British and stuff, mm. is disproportionate to the amount of kind of actual real life controversy there is about tea because mm. there isn't any. We all make tea the same way. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, maybe it only becomes controversial, you know, in 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 terms of like you know recent events like this American person on TikTok. Well, well, exactly. It's almost like we rally round and say no, this is totally wrong. But it's not a million miles away from mm. you know we we're still being made in a made in a cup or a mug. Now I tell you, there's a few there's a few things I did I did find because I, I I rated people by what what social class their background was. Yeah. Not them. It's quite hard your to make mates. that judgment. Yeah. Um, <laughs> okay. You know, especially because a lot of people, you know, if you if you grew up in a working class household and then went to grammar school and now you have a professional job, what class are you? Hard to answer. Much easier to answer what social class they were born into. Yeah. Um, and uh, so so kind of what I what I unearthed was uh, upper middle class people are more likely to use a mug. Yeah. And lower middle class people and people from working class back are more likely to use a cup. Mm. Um, in general, the tea bag and the milk do not come into contact with one another, mm. but actually, some people do do that. I do that. I can't find a class. They're not supposed. To, they're not kosher. Oh, I, I find the I find the idea of adding milk to a cup with a bag in it extremely weird and counterintuitive. Oh, yeah. See, I do that. So most people can... remove the bag, then add the milk. I also add sugar, which also doesn't seem to be very kosher either. No, and in fact, the two sugar people in my survey said something which I find very unusual, which is that they add the sugar before they add the water. Now, I find that weird, and I'll tell you why. Because I, I have a strange too. deep-seated superstition that the tea bag will suck up the sugar. Yeah, I always think and, that. And, and so I feel like the sugar should go in at the end with the milk. Oh, no, I feel like if I put it at the end with the milk, it's least likely, if depending on how much milk's gone in, I only put a dash just to be clear, um, would be less likely to dissolve as well. Okay. Uh, well, anyway, this is so just, one thing in the, in the context of you, my mind. <laughs> but specifically with you, Sarah, uh, there's, and I didn't, I have my, the foreigners in my survey, there are about three of them. Okay. And they, they do weird things with tea. So the, what we can say is the British, there is a British way of making tea. Yeah. And foreigners do all kinds of weird stuff. So they ah. do things like they drink herbal tea. That's what I was going like to ask. A standard. What's the view for British yeah. people yeah, on standard, herbal teas and fruity teas? 
Well, it, but it I mean, I mean, there people, British people, do drink herbal tea, but it's not standard. It's not like that's the type of tea you drink. They also would do things like put cinnamon in it. Oh, so no. one respondent, Taz oh, K, who God. grew up in a Greek household, with Greek Greek parents, grew up here, but with uh, Greek yeah. parentage, um, they put cinnamon in right. their tea, a cinnamon stick. I think this is quite fun. I'm going to give this a go. And and um, just anecdotally, I didn't have any Americans in my survey, but uh, Americans, 85% of tea drunk in the US is iced tea. Yeah. And um, by standard, they, they put a lemon in it and when they don't put lemon in it they put cream in it it's yeah. all very strange so uh, the point so the point is there's a lot of consistency about the way british people drink make make yeah. and drink yeah, yeah, tea yeah, yeah. um but it is quite you know it's certainly distinctive in comparison to the way that other other nations do their tea yeah. so it's a unifying factor brings us all together i, I think it is it. unifying rather than a dividing factor that's what i've unearthed yeah. but would you would you would you ever turn down a cup of tea made for you that was done that you witnessed being done in a way that you didn't like it depends on the situation no i don't think i ever would i recently turned down two cups of tea so on that very basis did you seize the teaspoon and say i shall do it myself thank you one of them i felt really bad it was it was my son who's only nine and he'd made me one of the first cups of tea he's ever made me and he, he rejected it out of hand it is awful that you rejected it i know it's terrible it's terrible. I turned Did you it throw it in his face? He's <laughs> never going to want to make tea again. But he's lucky because it wasn't hot enough. So that's, <laughs> that's so he, you know. But I did feel really uh, quite bad about that actually. But I can't. I can't let my standards drop. You know. Well, the funny thing is, tea is one of those things where you don't realise how hard it is to get right until you yeah. try and teach a kid to do it. Yeah. And you realise how bad they are at it. Yeah. You know. Um. L- l- let's hear. It's been a lot of me and Nick <laughs> going without. Well, I think session. Sarah was about to say something. Yeah, exactly. I was just. Sarah. I was just going to say. Um. One of the most nervous tea making experiences I have is making tea for English people. It is actually yeah. nerve wracking. Like yeah. I'm very well, trying to make it, it yeah, precise it. and exactly how I think they'll want it. I've I've nailed it. I've been told, but still, it's very it's very nerve wracking making tea for yeah. Br- the British. I don't well, like my it. My wife, who's Brazilian, she more or less refuses to make tea for me. Just well, we, we, you've heard what I did with my with my son, you know. So you can imagine for her, it's a similar sort of thing. Um, look, no, where where are we going with this? So um, we've discovered that actually it's, it's quite unifying. We all we all like it more or less in the same way in the UK, more or less. We found out from people from overseas, like Sarah just now, they get a bit nervous about making it for us, and that actually the the differences we found in the survey that you did, Nick, with the main division was between people based in the UK and, and from elsewhere. Um, yeah, what's our point? Where, where where do we want to go from this? We Peter, I wonder if the SOE ever used tea making technique as a way of sniffing out spies. That'd be quite fun to <gasps> to find out. Yeah, about. that would uh, work. I'm just thinking of the the, the scene in Inglorious Bastards where they 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 sort of the 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 main uh, antihero sniffs out the American agent because he re, he sort of uses his hand to gesture a number yeah. incorrectly. Yeah, um, but I think no, but that the, literally is a scene in Ice Cold in Alex. That's yeah. how they oh, rumble yeah. who the German spy is because he doesn't know how to brew up in a British army. Well, there we are. Yeah, really? There we are. Yeah. Um, so yeah, uh, but well, but what are we what are we talking about here? We're talking we're, we're like we're talking about sniffing out, with uh, deciding on people's status or their their their, their whether or not they're in group or out group based on their behaviours, aren't we? That's what we're sort of we're sort of talking about. I was just going to say it's just that quick assessment you can make if someone is friend or foe just by the way they speak or the actions that they do. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So yeah, broadening it out, we're we're looking for those tells in behaviour that that indicate uh, that trigger our xenophobia or not to see if somebody's sort of if somebody's one of us or not. 
Um, but in it, 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 a sort of insidious form, it's, it's a form of snobbery, isn't it? We, we're, we're, we're being, we're being, we're, 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 our disgust reaction is being triggered by the like the way somebody's making making tea. And it, it, so, if this 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 TikTok video is not in it, it, not intended to be ironic, um, yeah. then you know we're be, we're being we're being rude about the this this poor woman because she doesn't understand how how British make tea. Although I think, do think we give foreigners a pass. Well, apart from the French. Well, they no, that's right. But they, I tend to think that we put that we put foreigners like they don't fit into the class system. So yeah, I don't think yeah. I think they. But they're all in... naturally a lower class, though. Well, of course. <laughs> <laughs> they don't. They're no threat. They're not a threat. Yeah. Well, so hold on. Status. So let, let, let's go through this. And we talked about you know well, there's other ways. So apart from how we make tea, are there other ways? Other kind of shibboleths. So we talked about. I mean, one that springs to mind straight away is um, uh, cutlery. You know how you hold your knife and fork, right? That immediately mm. now that can be a class thing in the UK. But as you say, I think you know foreigners definitely get a pass on that. Um, what else is there? Well, there's a there's a, very, there's a great list actually on Wikipedia of historical examples of okay. where shibboleth, these shibboleths, particularly the sort of pronunciation, has been used as a as a, 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 a as a tool of, of ethnic cleansing or a, as a tool of war. Okay. Um, so uh, there are example lots of examples in Europe where an invading army has gone in and seized people late at night and forced them to pronounce to a word and then yeah. and then if they get it wrong then they're either cast they're off or, or killed yeah. um so it, it, it it's, it's quite a serious thing this and and it's something that we do naturally as human animals all the time um is is judge people based on what they say what they look like and how they feel so this is very this is a this is a very sort of hot topic at the moment uh, in the wake of the uh uh, in in the wake of the Black Lives Matter movement, and and in the general wave of uh, anti-discriminatory sentiment that's going on, uh, mm, mm. Me Too movement, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But it's like so. I mean, for me, it feels like something that one should actively try to manage in oneself is what one is, yeah, you know, how is one is judging people as you're as they as they engage you, because otherwise it's that, that way lays sort of that way lays lays, lays uh, dragons. Um, We've gone rapidly from tea to genocide. Well, I know but, uh, <laughs> it's kind. They're kind of related, and it's the same. But it's the same mechanism in your head that when you go, "Oh, this 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 stupid woman can't make tea," mm. um, is the same thing that's saying uh, that in some people's heads, saying, "I don't like black people." Yeah, it's like, "Oh, damn, I hate Croats," sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, okay, look, no, but where do we go from? I just feel we're not really penetrating this. We're just kind of going round and round a bit. We're sort of we we need to kind of try and focus ourselves. We need to. Uh, we're sort of drifting. We're swirling around. We need, like we a, need a cup of tea, like a tea bag, mind, and a poorly made sort of lukewarm cup of tea, water rather. That's just not really um, diffusing. Yeah, well, I, th- I think there's a that there's a question for me, which is why we believe that tea is a class thing when it isn't really, mm. right? Because if you look at some of the explanations people have given for those, you know, the historical class issues with tea. There's a story that makes sense, you know, which is, first of all, that tea obviously used to be expensive. Now, mm. of course, even high-quality teas are within people's reach now, economically, mm. within everyone's reach. Um, a bit like sort of having a suntan, you know, used to be a sign that you could go abroad. And, uh, well, originally it was a sign that you worked in a field and it was bad. And then it became a sign that you could go, you could afford to go on holiday somewhere sunny and it was good. And yeah. now it's, um, once again, is naff because everyone can do it, you yeah. know. Um, and, and I think uh, it, it, historically, you know, people have said that the... the um, 
drinking tea at all, of course, originally was a sign that you were rich. Mm-hmm. Then, then being able to drink the the good tea, and and therefore possibly not putting milk and sugar in, and or having a lemon was was an upper class thing because your tea was just tastier, and you didn't need to put those things in. This whole issue about milk in first, there's a story that it's to do with um, having better quality china. Mm. that you didn't need to cool your water down if you had high quality china okay. i don't really believe that no. but um but it's funny that the perception that something is a class thing can persist for far longer than that it actually is i mean now you really can't based on my survey you could not look at the way that someone made tea and infer no with any confidence what social class they were no so why do we think we can I don't know. <laughs> I, I just, I just think, and I, think, I suspect that there's a lot of things I don't which, think have we been, do, do we? which have been completely democratised now, yeah, 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 and almost homogenised. That that still, for some reason, we feel have class connotations. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sarah, Sarah, how does the how does do people see tea as a class thing in no, New Zealand? No, this is the thing. Like, I'm, I'm, I, to, to me, tea is just tea, and back home in New Zealand, tea is just tea. Mm. Coffee is just I mean, coffee. I, 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 it's just something you do. Like, I. It's interesting to, to look at it as a from a class perspective. I mean, I, I'm not con- I'm not necessarily convinced that people do consider it as a dis- differentiator of class. Yeah, no. I don't think they do. No. However, but we haven't talked about coffee. I mean, I, I don't really want to talk about coffee too much. I haven't done a Facebook survey about coffee. Oh, what? Yeah, because because <laughs> one of the things that, that annoys I want to get my about wife. Part of that. Yeah, because one of the things that annoys my wife uh, about the UK, uh, and that's what I've said, she's Brazilian, is how we bang on about coffee. And like why how coffee's such a big thing about whether it's, you know, mocha choco, whether it's a latte, whether it's a flat white, whether it's espresso, blah, 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 blah. Because to her, being Brazilian, coffee's just coffee. That's that. Okay. Um, and that's kind of how I feel about tea. Let's not let's not mess with it. Yes, I know how I want it done, but it's just tea. It's not a big deal. Um, and so is coffee the new tea in the UK and as sort of a class signifier? Because I definitely look down a bit on people who are fussy about what kind of coffee they have and whether it's, you know, I think they should be like I am with tea. But is coffee a new kind of signifier, signaler of, of, maybe, of I think maybe, maybe maybe what you're maybe what you're touching out there is something that challenged strongly in my mind. It's like the the propensity to be to, to be fussy about something is a is an indicator of a person, not maybe not class, but of a particular personality type. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I'm I mean I'm not I'm not fussy how I get my tea. I, I gladly accept a cup of tea if someone makes me one mm. if it's a bit weak or a bit milky i don't mind too much but um but so i know some people really are and they they, they are a bit picky about how their tea no are. i i think that is um a well-known class indicator i mean the the you know certainly so the theory of signaling is and we talk about signaling quite a lot the theory of you know the, the theory of signaling is that um to be effective a signal has to be harder for one group of people mm. the sort of in group or the out group rather um than it is for for the in group so you know pronunciation works well because it's very hard to to learn how to pronounce something in a different way so it's a very good differentiator mm. you know it's, it's easy for people to be brought up that way very hard for someone who hasn't um and you know anything that correlates with things like uh wealth or education you know mm. um so being having a workable knowledge of latin for example it, it certainly you know in the past showed that you must have gone to good public school an indicator um, of frivolous education yeah oh, but 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 and of course you know so that's why things like uh you know drinking drinking tea in the past would have would have would have been an effective signal because it was you know easier for rich people to obtain tea than it was for poor people yeah. um 
Yeah. So now, now the so the the idea is that people who are um sort of upper class don't mm. need to worry. You're not gonna. There's not gonna be any danger that you'll look at the way they make tea mm. while they're sitting in their stately home, and you know they can make tea in a mug, but they're in a stately home, so you you know they're yeah. there's not an issue. But people who are in a suburban semi and want to um, illustrate that they are better bred than so they their neighbours have tea. to worry about yeah. those things which are potentially other signals because they, they, they've got a harder job to differentiate themselves from, from sort of the next class down. Yeah. Um, so fussiness about your sort of social signalling is an indicator of social climbing. It has to be, right? Because the whole point is that the higher status you are, the less you have to worry about it because you give off those signals naturally. Well, it's nice to be vindicated that I'm high status then. Because yeah, you don't, you're, you're don't, don't, care. You're not well, that, yeah, that, that makes me feel bad because I worry about my kids' uh, table manners and how they hold their knife and fork and stuff. And I'm always banging on at them about it. But that's because I'm just some horribly aspirational lower middle class person trying to desperately get to be middle Well, I think that's right. I would love to be to not care about that. But I am still not confident enough about Uh, my uh. my social class to be able to, you know, to not worry about how my kids showing me up. Yeah. Maybe I've I've got this wrong because I'm thinking of this differently. Like if I necessarily like back home. From a lower class, I'm not really going to care about how my tea and coffee is made. But if I'm from a higher mm. class, I'm definitely going to be caring about how my coffee is made. Like, where is it coming from? Who's making it? Which is, sounds like it's mm. the opposite of what we're saying here. Yeah. I think it's more about not necessarily like you might care about having really good coffee because you really like that kind yeah. of coffee and you could afford the, the yeah. very best kind and that kind of thing. But worrying about the, what people will think of you, that's a sign of being yes. a social climber. And and therefore low status, right? Yeah. So so the the uh, that's that's the thing. I mean, I think you're 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 right in that. You know, it's perfectly fine for you on your own to sit there and go, "I really like this expensive type of coffee. I shall order it from Amazon." It's it's people who worry that they might accidentally say they like the right wrong kind of coffee. Oh, I see. When they're at a social occasion, yeah. yeah. Um, you know, just merely worrying about that is enough to mark you out as a as a as yeah. a climber. Yeah. Um, so to just to finish things off, there's, there's a question I want to ask, which is, <clears throat> what do you judge in other people? What do you find super naff? If someone says a certain thing or, or does a certain thing, you immediately go, well, that's not that's non you, as it were. It's non me. Um, I've got loads. Well, I'm British. Yeah, I've, I've got, got to have loads. I've got right? loads, yeah. But um, obviously, being high status, I would never say. But. <laughs> yeah, that would be naff in itself. That would be naff in itself. Yeah. Indeed. Um, Let's start off with Sarah. Oh, please don't start with me because I'm still thinking of something because you guys all have something already. Yeah, okay, fine. The thing I hate is when people can't think of something to say. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, pretty much it. I hate, what I hate is being put on the spot when I'm not prepared. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, sorry, sorry. sorry. <laughs> so, <laughs> in fact, that is really poor manners of me. It's terrible manners to do that. You, you must make someone feel comfortable at all times. So that's naff of me straight away. Yeah. Um, I think that the big one straight away that I was just kind of makes my ears scratch, like a, a chalkboard scratches and apologies to anyone who does this is, is H. Okay. H, yeah. The H. That's very You would not like so, Australians. Right. And it's so, well, I didn't anyway. But um, it's, it's just so prevalent. that I think that's what I hate about it most. It's not just that you hear it. Is you hear it more and more and more, and actually suddenly it's the normal. I don't and, think that's true. I think oh, you're living in the 1970s. No. What? The, no one says H anymore. Well, no one or everyone. No one. No one says what? No, I mean, or no one. It's, yeah. No one says H. 
Well, I thought there was something that saying that saying H was actually the proper way of doing it. Like that was starting to come wrong. You've just fallen into. I think I think it's one of those things which which thinking that saying H is right is one of those things that the people who say H think differentiates themselves from the people who say H. Uh, yeah. who they see yeah. as below them but actually it's the other way around yeah. give it 50 years it might flip and become the correct way of saying yeah. it who knows yeah no I mean absolutely d- d- where I work I can guarantee you that 90% of people say H no, okay? that's wrong but are they that all low wrong. status people that yeah that's the problem on? it makes me feel bad about where I work and so in turn <laughs> makes me feel bad about where about myself do they um, all look down on you as an H sayer I tell you what they all, they all look down on me as just being old and like absurdly traditional and out of sort out of place you know um look so that's h what else uh white trainers with jeans or any other kind of dark non 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 sportswear yeah that sounds like an again another 80s thing no it's just all jeans, moaning about low status people from the 80s no there's, but people still do it and sorry tracks sorry what, of... what are you what were you gonna say i was gonna say i have white white sneakery type shoes and i wear jeans with them all the time they're like my favorite type of shoes i'm feeling sorry, a bit hurt and attacked yeah. well, it's going bad for you you can you can assume that i'm judging you uh, <laughs> i'm just judging you um, back for judging me it's just gonna be a yeah, 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 it's quite. just gonna be this Good. constant um, judgment uh nick yeah for me it's people who are fussy about the way that their things look you know, people who want to kind of look good for Instagram, and, mm. and or or they or they when they they want their you know dinner party to just look absolutely perfect oh, and everything gosh, has to yeah. be neat and the upholstery has to match the curtains yeah. and there's coasters down to protect the table. That kind of all that all that sort of obsession with things looking perfect. I'm, I take much more of a kind of um, sort of Japanese approach that things ought to look yeah. used and worn and that's that's what things are really beautiful when they're just yeah. nice things things tend to just, things tend to nothing so yeah yeah, yeah, yeah that yeah. sort of that, that sort of, of things, wear yeah. and decay are, are good yeah. they're good things that absolutely that you should absolutely um sarah uh something that would really like kind of annoy me and it, it really does grind my gears is people eating with their mouth open I think the reason why I'm bringing that up is because you were talking before about cutlery and the way you should be using cutlery and stuff. And I just think it's good manners to eat with your mouth closed and just in your upbringing kind of shows it in terms of how you eat and all that kind of stuff. It's good manners to not gross out everyone else when you're you're eating, right? No. Um, Okay. Look, I think we've got it covered there. Um, I, 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 I like that little bit at the end to sort of know what we judge other people about. And trust me, I've got loads more as well. <laughs> <laughs> I'll park those for another time. Um, thank you, as always, for listening to the Cognitive Engineering Podcast. I'm Fraser McGrew. We've been here with Peter Cockhill, Nick Hare, and Sarah Nonu of Aleph Insights. And until next time, goodbye. Goodbye.